Welcome to Gone But Not Forgotten. Yay! Yes! The show that brings a little bit of cheer to the misery of death. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. It's good to be here. So, so before we get started, <laughs> I need to make an announcement. Since the dentist yesterday... <laughs> have a suspicion they've left me with some serious <laughs> symptoms or side effects to my treatment. <laughs> Can you notice anything? <laughs> He's got Percy Edwards disease. <laughs> oh, mate. Let's have a look at him. Oh. I, mean, I, had a, I had a polish last week and then I had some treatment yesterday. And, and then I you went thought, to the dentist. Yeah. And I took the worst possible advice. Worst on both left levels. One, it was my own advice. And two, it turned out to be really bad advice. <laughs> so the dentist had got, got me in the chair, mouth's open, and it's like, and he he said to me, oh, there are, these, these fillings are only small. Do you want the anaesthetic or not? Oh. And, I, and I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well... He said, unless you've got really sensitive teeth, he said, we can get, we'll have this job done in about 10, 15 minutes. He said, but the anesthetic will last hours and like, it's horrible. It like, doesn't go away. So it's up to you, he said. He said, it's up to you. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, last time I had, like, last time I had anesthetic like that, what was it, like 20 years ago, whatever. <laughs> Show how regularly I go to the dentist, by the way. <laughs> So I thought, oh, oh, and then before I said, I'm not sure, and I was about to say, well, on balance, yeah, I think I better have it. He'd already. <laughs> oh. He was on. He obviously. He was out that night, wasn't he? He was out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. A, it was yeah. a proper ten to five appointment as well. Yeah. You could see he's looking at his watch, thinking, "Don't make me go and get the anaesthetic out." <laughs> Anyway, it hurt. <laughs> oh, I bet it did. <laughs> Quite a lot. You know when it goes through a nerve and you like electricity flies through your body. It was yeah. one of those. Did the chair have arms that you're in? Is it <laughs> were you gripping? Yeah, I was. I was sort of gripping my own fist, and I could feel my testicles shrinking into my body. It was like <laughs> it, was quite, it was full sumo. Yeah. I was thinking it was I could have been a contestant on Vim Hoff. What <laughs> but but uh, the, the important thing is, did he get to the restaurant on time? Well, I certainly gave him enough money <laughs> <laughs> for a good night out for what for the cost of two fillings these days, that's for sure. Yeah. A couple of Philip Billings. Yeah. And then you two, when it like about 10 to 11 last night when it was sort of too late. Oh, you should have a glass of whiskey. 
Swill your mouth with vodka. All the good <laughs> advice starts coming out. Like... <laughs> Two ibuprofen a bed, I think. Is... Well, to be fair, we thought you were milking it, so we just wanted to see if we, we thought if he kept going, if he's still going by nearly eleven, he must be in a bit of discomfort. Yeah, I, I have got a low pain threshold, as you know. <laughs> oh, bless you. Yeah. So uh, anyway, you can mark me as not gone on Facebook. Excellent, excellent. A, a, a Halloween success story, if ever there was one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but is is, is Halloween? It, it is around here. I can hear them outside. Is Halloween just an excuse for a bunch of teenagers not to dress up in any Halloween costumes at all and just run riot? Because it is around here. Yeah, I mean, you get loads of people knocking, and despite the fact that it's kind of like uh, I sort of take the World War Two air raid policy on Halloween night, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, crosses on the windows and blackout and everyone has to hide in, in a cupboard in the front room like, and mark starts a sing song yeah i mean in reality it's cheaper to go and get five pounds worth of haribos and just give out a handful down again but, yeah, yeah but it's when you get these, it's when you get sorry go on mate so the, these days five pounds of haribos cost you about eight quid that's the trouble <laughs> Yeah, quite. From your all, Tesco, it does anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also a lot like last year when there's a knock on the door, and I thought it was uh, Dan for getting his key coming back from cadets, and it wasn't. It was uh, just like five, 14, 15 year olds, not even dressed up, just uh, asking for like trick or treat. And I just said, treat yourselves to not getting your edge kicked in and piss off. And they did. <laughs> so that was amazing. <laughs> That was amazing, and they went. And I was half expecting a brick to come through the window or an egg on the sun, but yeah. nothing happened. So that was that was good. You wouldn't you wouldn't take that tactic where I live in Leicester. You'd be like, yeah, take take the DVD player, <laughs> <laughs> take it, <laughs> DVD player, gone on Halloween. They yeah, wouldn't know what to do with it. That's the example of something you could steal from a house now. Like <laughs> teenager wouldn't know what to do with it. No, exactly. Oh, fantastic. So should we uh, should we start the list then? The list, bit, yeah, yeah. The list. Is, uh... Well, yeah. Happy Halloween and all that, fellas. Um, I, I, since obviously we uh, we the the new theme of the pod is to pay homage to those who haven't made it which, <laughs> since we last recorded of left us um, celebrity wise. Um, and uh, but we, we always if we can like to start with a couple a nearly but not gone the last couple of pods haven't we we had madonna who nearly went but didn't and then with elton john and i've got two nearly but not gone to, to set us on the way so uh if you don't mind i'm gonna get stuck into the first one um si- since since the last pod uh since we recorded the last pod uh we found out that a, a proper national treasure was diagnosed with cancer five years ago but thankfully he's fighting it and he's still with us so Merry X-rays, everyone. And by the way, that was the only one of about six jokes that we wrote that we could do on air. Uh, Noddy Holder, nearly but not gone. Noddy. Brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, news. brilliant. brilliant Noddy. Yeah. That's a Noddy still with us. Although I did read a story uh, yesterday that he's banned uh, Merry Christmas, everyone, from playing in his house. <laughs> he's, oh, right. he's banned it. Uh, oh, that's not yeah. fair. You uh, should it, have to put up with it as well as everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I think like yeah. Yeah, the money that's made him, I think he's got a bit of a nerve. Yeah. I'm with Gary. <laughs> yeah. I think he's 
I think it's only right he has to put up with it in September, the same as everyone else. <laughs> Bloody cheek. Was, yeah. was, I, was I going a bit soon with National Treasure then? Uh, do you think he's not hit that status yet? No, I think he was a National Treasure until you just imparted that bit of information. Now he's suddenly gone down in everybody. Oh, yeah. He's now buried Treasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gary's cancelled him. Yeah, well, he was almost him. actually he, he was almost buried National Treasure, wasn't he? But he, yeah, yeah. Um, Gary's cancelled him. Is, is that our first cancelling, yeah. by the way? I'm not I'm not following him on Twitter anymore. Is that oh, our I'm... first cancelling, Gary? Yeah. If you if you, uh, it could if be, you committed, if you t- carried out our first cancelling, that's it. Yeah, forget about it. Forget I'm about it. Forget about it now, Noddy. Yeah, yeah. I've actually interviewed a member of Slade. Go uh, on. A few years ago, I interviewed the drummer Don Don Powell. Oh yeah. And there's uh, quite an interesting showbiz story in the. I'd fixed up this interview with Don Don Powell Don Powell uh, ahead of the re-release of their Christmas single. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I went to watch Radiohead at Donny Dome. And I'd already interviewed Nick Banks, who was the drummer from Pulp. And in the audience, I spotted Nick. We're not on first name terms. He didn't say, hey, Mark. Well, he might have done at the time, but like, we're not friends. And uh, but we spotted each other. And he came over. He said, oh, do you fancy a, fancy a pint? I was like, yeah. So I went for a drink outside. He said, what are you up to? I said, oh, I'm interviewing another drummer. He said, who's that? I was like, it's Don Powell from Slade. He said, oh, I've got a great story about Don Powell. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, what? He said, oh, he was in a really bad car accident. And uh, every now and again, if he forgets who he is. And every now and again, somebody has to remind him that he's Don Powell, the drummer from Slade. <laughs> so I thought, oh, that's, that's a good story. So checked it out. And yeah, it did appear to be some truth. And all the way through the interview, I was thinking, ask him, ask him. <laughs> so I went in with an early one. Are you Don Powell? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes or no? No, I went, but I asked him. And then, yeah, he told, just told me this story about he was in this dreadful accident in the 1970s and flipping almost wiped him out. And he's like struggled ever since sort of thing. Wow! So yeah. there's your there's your nearly gone. That's, that's gone. A, well, there's the God. These these nearly gones are, are, are starting to take off now, aren't they? I suppose um, the benefit to that is it comes to Christmas time. He thinks, oh, this is a good song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the key I was going to say the, the way of working out if he remembered who he was or not was just play that song and see if he started yeah. tapping along yeah. to it. Yeah. But, uh, one of well, one of the abiding memories, apart from he was like really really great interview actually and really because uh, I, I didn't appreciate that Slade were like all over the rock scene like they were mates with flipping Jimi Hendrix and all sorts they like flipping good lads you know yeah, some yeah. Good sto- so he gave me some really good stories and uh, but the best of it was like obviously Reeves and Mortimer were quite big at the time doing the Slade thing and he did sound like <laughs> 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 he sounded like he could have been like living in that house with Reeves and Mortimer. Did they have a cup of soup? Yeah, Did they have well, a cup I of asked soup. That. Of course, we had cup of soups. Lived on him. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Good interview. Ah, oh, nice one. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, there you go. so that's killed. That's killed ten minutes. Yeah, that's good. Well, but not killed. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Not killed. But not yeah, ten minutes gone. Um. Uh, so second, I've got a second one. Second, nearly but not gone. Now. I was just having a last-minute check through uh, of, of October's gone, so make sure we'd not missed anybody. Um, and I saw it, and for a moment I thought, "How the hell did we miss this? What?" And then I reread it. So, just to confirm, <laughs> this is Beat- some build-up, by the way. <laughs> Beatles, Beatles drummer Ringo Starr, nearly, but only because I misread it, but not gone, <laughs> and. Congolese guitarist and composer Rigo Star gone, <laughs> gone. Rigo's gone. Now you can see where I made the mistake when I was I was speed reading, but I looked I looked up who this guy was, and he would you believe he actually had a, an album called Yaloa. So I just thought Yaloa Submarine at the uh, it would be uh, uh, the Congan Winding Road. Uh, that, that's 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 all I've got. But yeah, Octopus's so, uh, Garden of Remembrance. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so so Ringo Starr isn't dead he's nearly not, not even nearly no yeah, not uh, even close Ringo's not got even solid, nearly I think both people have got a solid 10 years in them yet oh we hope so don't we yeah. we hope so but uh but uh but yeah but Rigo Rigo to confirm Rigo Starr has gone did he have a double R was he a double no, R no no he was he was a, he was a straight star uh but Rigo was Ringo this... without the end well, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, you need to go get your eyes tested. <laughs> no, I know I do. <laughs> I know I do. Uh, so yeah. So, um, right, should we go into the actual gongs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go in and start with uh, this one. Okay. Uh, from shaft to shafted, Richard Roundtree <laughs> gone. Richard Roundtree gone, and and, yeah. and it was it was you who pointed out that he bore a, a striking resemblance to Derek Griffiths. Well, Griffiths. I, yeah, I mean, it was the uh, alternative photo archive. Whoever follows those on Instagram, <laughs> absolute beautiful picture of him. And I, and I believe it was Gary who came up with the "Who's the cat who won't cop out when there's danger all about?" Griff, can you dig it? Uh, that was that was the other fella. Oh, was that? Was that yeah. me? I'll tell yours is further down here, actually. There is one from yours, actually. Um, uh, but yeah, so um, yeah. Although to be fair, he 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 did. Remember that film, fun cartoon Griff did. Griff I did, did, yeah. Where he played all the characters. He played all the characters in the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. So I mean, I love that. I used to me too. What was that? It was on the children's TV program. That was really yeah. He's introducing yeah. cartoons that he lo- he loved, but he was playing the characters in this cinema, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. And all those are on YouTube, by the way, and they are brilliant, like properly brilliant. I remember like the the uh, officious commissioner and the um, exuberant yeah. uh, cinema manager, and yeah, and, brilliant. And Before the, we go uh, down, the Teddy, but the Teddy boy um, projectionist. Projectionist, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, projecting this. But is he still alive? Yes, he is. Same, yes, he is. Same, same the Griff tributes. No, 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 no. Because, because I was going to say, because, and I'm going to take it back to Shaft, I promise. Uh, uh, because he played all those characters, he's obviously a really good actor. He could have easily played Shaft. 
couldn't he? Derek Griffiths could have played Shaft, and they could have yeah, renamed well. some. They could have renamed some of his shows, like you know, Shaft Away or Shaft School, or uh, well, actually maybe not the second one, but, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Shaft School sounds like a porn rada, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brada. Um, yeah. So um, uh, yeah, well, I was going to do Derek Griffiths gone or not gone, but you've uh, you've shot that pigeon out of the sky. Awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah, no re- disrespect to Richard Roundtree. Not he hasn't at got all. That many films. He's better known for the theme of Shaft that no, he had nothing to do with than he is anything else. Yeah, yeah. Although he, what he did appear. Claire, Claire loved um, Chicago Fire, and he turned up as um, uh, the father of the fire chief in in that, and he was in about three or four episodes in that before they killed him off. So, um, yeah. That's that. So Richard Roundtree gone. Um, now your namesake, gone oh. United and England star, Sir Bobby Charlton gone. Yeah, no, nobody messaged me. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Isn't he the last? Isn't he the last of the starting? You let, there's one more. Is it just yeah. Jeff, Jeff Hurst, Hurst left? Jeff Hurst is still yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, he must be is. shitting himself. That's yeah. yeah. That's man. That's poor. You you because you've got you, although you share a name, Sir Bobby. You uh you've also got a couple of stories about him, haven't you, Mark? I have met the great man. Yes. Yeah. But meeting a Bobby Charlton at the time wasn't that much of a uh, a uh, novelty for me. Bearing in mind my dad and my granddad both called themselves Bobby Charlton. <laughs> like, oh, there's another. It's like yeah, like another Bobby Charlton. Bobby Charlton namesake association, but he was opening a larder garage in North Highcombe. And this is how long ago, like larders were, do larders still exist? Like as a thing, I know Skodas are going strong. I don't know, I'm going to Google it. Keep telling the story. Yeah. Like in social history context, post perestroika, new markets were found in the, uh, in the westernized countries in Larder and Skoda piled in as Eastern European affordable cars became really popular. And as a result, a Larder showroom opened in North Highcombe, Lincoln. And uh, yeah. And your, Bobby Charlton needed a new car. Yeah. And your mate, or um, yeah, Stu's former colleague, Roy Eildon, came and took a photo of me uh, as a seven or eight year old with Bobby Charlton and my dad also Bobby Charlton it went on the front page of the Echo nice and did he and sign then, an autograph for you he did yeah and no nice. one uh, no one at school took the piss out of me <laughs> <laughs> as you could imagine but yeah Very good. Happy, happy memory that actually and so was there was there a story about a hat trick on the because uh, there were three of you no, I, I mean, name. Echo headline writers at the time weren't that. All right. Weren't all that. It said Bobby Charlton in triplicate, I think, was the headline. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. And then I then I became a journalist to avenge such headlines. <laughs> but, <laughs> and never you, was one written like that again. No. But you've never had the comb over, so that's good. Well, not yet. It's coming, in it? <laughs> it's coming on. It's coming to us all. Another another stressful patch and we're there. <laughs> another visit to the dentist then you're there yeah that, 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 i seem to remember some dr- some drunkenly told story 
about you in a car in London and Bobby Charlton. Have I made have I made that up? Yeah, what you're doing is taking a story about Lionel Blair. Lionel Blair. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's what I'm doing. It was Blair. That was right. Yes. Sorry, darlings. Back out. Of I that. was the Bobby Charlton. You were the Bobby Charlton. Listen, you told me that when we were very drunk. Yes, that's yeah. right. I think I've told you it on here. Like, worry. Yeah, you have. You have. You have. You um, have. And I was drunk. It was me. <laughs> that that explains so much. Yes. Me and Frankie Howard, and we nearly ran over the real Lionel Blair. In a That's right. That's right. How you can't remember that, I don't know. I knew Bobby was in there somewhere. I'd just forgotten it was you who was Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, let's move on quickly from that then. Um, uh, next one, uh, who is no longer with us. Gone stock and two smoking barrels. Notorious, in inverted commas. Gaunster. He's now in a Gaunster's paradise. Dave Courtney gone. Dave Courtney. I have no memory of this this guy in in that film at all. No, uh, no, I don't think there he is. Have all been I, in I, it. But they were all. Didn't he? Oh, I might. Yeah. Well, maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. But he should have been if he wasn't. If he wasn't. He should have been. Yeah. What's he? Hang on. Was he? Was he? In, by the way, a lot of cars, Mark. Yes, you can. They still sell him. Um, <laughs> The internet's a bit slow tonight. Yeah, it's a bit slow tonight. Breaking news. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, well, apparently he knew the craze. Um, But you'd have thought he'd mentioned it a bit more, wouldn't you? um, I mean, that's... that's, You have this thing, oh, like, well, everyone who lived in the old East End knew the craze. Like, you know, so that's not a qualification in in my head. Like, well, no, like you said, there can't be a man over sixty from the East End who doesn't know, who didn't know the craze. Yeah, and like um, I remember, uh, I don't know if I was at at the mail, like when the when there was one of the funerals of uh, one of the craze, and it was ridiculous. Like it was almost like uh, the you know Sunday night at the Palladium, like <laughs> the yeah. hangers on who were there, like. Babsy Windsor, bloody any professional cockney, like the entire cast of EastEnders were there. <laughs> like, you know, I, I mean, I off the top of my head, I can't remember, but literally, you were just looking at that, thinking you didn't know him. Was Mike Reed there? Ooh, was was Frankie Butcher there? I would have thought he would be there. Yeah, Mad Frankie Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm only saying I think he's there because he speaks with a Cockney accent. Like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's just there, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, well, apparently Courtney uh, used to refer to himself as uh, Dave Courtney OBE, uh, the OBE standing for One Big Ego. Um, <laughs> uh, and apparently his house in Plumstead uh, was called Camelot Castle, and it was decorated with Union Jack flags and the Cross of St George and a painted depiction of himself as a knight and a large knuckle duster. He sounds very brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you can, you can paint an image of yourself, though, can't you? That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, you imagine. Yeah. Do you have a I'm big just, dog? I'm just trying to <laughs> imagine a picture of you dressed as a knight with some knuckle dusters. <laughs> 
I think that would that would be a good look for me. Yeah. <laughs> also, because you, you think like I'd be poncing around with these like sets of knuckle dusters on my on my fingers and saying, "Don't hit a man in glasses. Don't hit a man in glasses." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't do it. <laughs> Uh, brilliant. Well, next up, uh, who's who's no longer with us, uh, the Gorn, the thief, the wife and her lover, from Gambon to Gam Gorn, Michael Gambon, Gorn, Gorn, oh, yeah. Gorn. What a voice! It got uh, a voice. A real, well, it, got a beautiful yeah, voice for it. A real, real earnest voice, hadn't he? And um, the uh, the curse well, of Harry Potter strikes again. Indeed. The curse of Harry Just... Potter. Just 15 uh, years after he started doing the yeah, breathtaking. Yeah. Well, well, I, I had a quick tot up here. This is just the famous ones. And uh, tell me, listen to this lot and tell me there's not a curse. Uh, Alan Rickman, gone. Robbie Coltrane, gone. Leslie Phillips, gone. Richard Griffiths, gone. Richard Harris, gone. Helen McCrory, gone. Vern Troyer, gone. Robert Hardy, gone. John Hurt, gone. Paul Ritter, gone. Derek Dedman, gone. Elizabeth Spriggs, gone. Tell me, there's not a curse. Yeah, but there's probably a list. With that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the facts are there's, there. <laughs> there's probably a list of annoying British actors who had cameos in it who were not gone, and you'd yeah. say that negates the curse. Yeah. Need, um, if you're Daniel Radcliffe, you'd be you'd look twice before you cross the road, wouldn't you? Yeah. What you need? You need uh, what's his face, Danny Robbins, to uh, investigate on uh, uncanny. Um, that's the kind of thing he'd be interested in. I thought you were saying Danny Dyer to investigate. <laughs> Danny <laughs> Dyer on ghosts. <laughs> and back to the craze funeral. Yeah. I am outside a haunted house and I am bricking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, get, I'll give, you my, give you my ghost theory now. Oh, go now, on. Now we'll go down this. Yeah, yeah. There, there seems to be a sparsity of hauntings where the ghost happened to behave in a really nice middle-class way towards the uh, the person who is experiencing the apparition. So, why? Like most why are people, they all I, evil. Yeah. Yeah, most people I know are quite friendly. Yeah. So if they found themselves in a ghostly predicament, why would they be horrible to someone else? Why would they scare them? They'd be. Why don't some poltergeists tidy up a bit around the exactly. place instead of just making a mess? That's all they're exactly. famous for. They've got nothing better to do. Yeah. But poltergeist it's... cleaning service. How may I help you? Yeah. Oh, could you run over the bathroom for me, please? I've not had a chance today. That'd be great. Yeah. We're getting near, near, well. nearer the realms of uh, rent-a-ghost there, aren't we? But I, I, I always see it's this, it's this thing. I think we were talking about it the other night. It's like I, I always... I've had this impression that just before a ghost appears to somebody, obviously they don't really, but, you know, in theory, the ghost will sort of be standing there like they're in the wings of a theatre going, right, I'm going to come out, I'm going to say, whoa, and then I'm going <laughs> to knock a jug over or something, and then I'm going to disappear. Uh, and that, right, OK, here we go. And then they walk out and, and do their performance and because um, they, they must think it through before they go out on you know and do their little ghostly performance they don't just surely they're not all uh improvisation um ghosts they've had a the, yeah that's the thing they've had an eternity to think about to what think they're going to do yeah. when yeah. they get spotted yeah and all they do is stand in the corner look, look looking a bit weird 
often. Yeah. That's me at parties. I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's ghosts sort of. Anyway, yeah, there's if any, anyone knows why ghosts are unfriendly. Do do Apart right. Apart from Casper, as you mentioned yesterday, is yeah, the only Kasper. friendly one there is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Solid. Good. Solid. Reliable, Casper. Yeah. yeah. Never let you down, Casper. No. Never catch you down. Anyway, um, where were we? <laughs> oh yeah, next one then. Uh, next one. Uh, next next tribute to be paid. Um, he he had a bit of a rocky career. He told you he was poorly. That's a great joke, Gary. He told you he was poorly. Bert Young gone. Bert Young is gone. Yeah. And uh, now, he he would make a friendly ghost. I think so. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Just, yeah. It'd just be Stop around it. the place, just you're going, all right, how you doing? It, Obviously, just, but in a, in his accent. Yeah, he's a stand up guy. Yeah. What's the Slightly crotchety, but yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah but if you if you if you're straight down the line with him, it'd be all right with you. I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As much as yeah. I can predict what a ghost would do. I reckon, yeah, I reckon we're on, on solid ground there with uh, Bert Young. Yeah, yeah I suppose so. before we go on to the next one, we should say we're not going to judge everyone on their ghost, lightly ghosting abilities. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> Although, you know. Not bad. Really. <laughs> well, to be <laughs> fair, that could be a new addition to, the, to, the, to element, the podcast. It's another element, isn't it? Yeah, ghost another element. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, or another entity, even. Um yeah. Yeah, okay, so next one. Um, from Everton to Ever Gone. Bill Kenwright, gone. Bill Gone, he, he'd make a good. He would make a good ghost, actually. Yeah. Got acting Bill. skills, hasn't he? I was going to say, yeah. he can, he can do the Corrie. acting, can't he? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was his yeah. grounding, wasn't it? Yeah, so he could play an angry ghost if he wanted to, even if he yeah. wasn't angry himself. But, yeah, versatile. He always came across as quite a nice chap, though, I always thought. Yeah, so. I thought so as well. Yeah, like a nice... Got a lot of stick from Everton fans that probably wasn't deserved. That's that's the poison chalice of owning a football club, you would imagine. Yeah. You nev- like, everyone's going to be on your back all the time. Especially, Especially if one you spent yeah. every season fourth from bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially one that used to have a bit of success, but is now completely overshadowed by... Yeah, mm. someone across the park, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, so Bill Kenwright, he was in Coronation Street, wasn't he? Or did he write Con? Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. had some some sort of. Was he? I don't think he was Rita's son, it's, but he's, he's related to Rita somehow, isn't he? Yeah, was. That's right. Good knowledge. In in the glory days. Good knowledge. Before before uh, trains crashed on the streets and everybody turned out to marry a serial killer now and again. That you know, when there was a bit of logic to the storyline. Not that I'm bitter about how Corey's gone, but I'm bitter um, about how Corey's gone. <laughs> I, I do you actually what? watch it, or did you used to watch it? I used to love it. Yeah, me too. One of my favourite oh. things. No, it was like the, it was genuinely the funniest program on TV. I would say from about. Early nineties to mid to late nineties, it was the funniest program on TV. There was some belting lines in it. Yeah. 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 It was fun. It was funny and 
tragic and there was like a sense of realism in it and also there's always like a sense of justice in it as well like that somebody got what was coming yeah you know now it's just been like a string of string of uh i think Stu said before like in the past it was always about like strong northern women really yeah. were underpinning the show but now it's like seems to be that they they seem to be writing storylines that expose the women as quite vulnerable who keep marrying serial killers, you know. Has there been another serial killer since so you've, uh, you've since had Gale, Tricky Dicky, Tricky Dicky. Yeah, so you had Tricky Dicky Hillman, then you had Snape, who was married to uh, Tyrone O'Fizz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I now, think I stopped by that point. Yeah, I, I now, stopped about 2005. In recent in recent weeks, Gail's brother, the American or Canadian guy, has he finished off about five people before getting murdered, uh, getting run over in the street himself. Wow. Yeah, it's it's not safe. It's <laughs> not safe. There's always somebody being run over on the cobbles as well. I was going to say, yeah, has there been a murder at Coronation Street? And this week, there's been a murder again. I, I remember a lorry crashing into the. Did it crash into the Rovers or it crashed into something? No, that wasn't a lorry. That was a train. No, no, no. I'm talking like in the 70s. Oh, okay. Oh, a legitimate <laughs> crash. When uh, when um, Deirdre's daughter was a child, uh, whose name I've forgotten. Um, so it's, it's a long time Tracy, ago. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy Barlow. She may have even still been married to Ray, Ray Langton. <laughs> <laughs> wow, um, you are going back I there. I know, that's, you see, that's how long it is since I watched the uh, coronation shit. It's a long, it's a long, long time. So. It was good back then. That's all I can say. It was, yeah. I think I said, I think I, I gave up about 2005. I, I it only used to be on twice it. a week, though, didn't it? That was the other thing. It Monday and Wednesdays, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like, it seems to be on every night now. I've gone all showbiz. I, I, I do remember as a eight, nine-year-old, maybe ten-year-old kid. I can't remember, remember roughly when it was, but I do remember being genuinely shocked and upset when Ernie Bishop got shot. I remember that. <laughs> With the he got a robbery. cat popped in his ass, didn't he? Yeah. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ernie B. Yeah. Thank goodness uh, we've got all the kids listening to this that they'll understand what we're talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Go on YouTube. Watch Ernie Bishop shot. <laughs> and, and you'll be in tears, children. <laughs> tears at the morning for Halloween. I know. I know. Uh, right. Well, la- last one of the of the gones uh, for this uh, month. Uh, the recently gones, uh, and and obviously they're all sad. But this is it's always it always seems a little sadder when it's people of your generation, doesn't it? And it sort of hits you a bit as uh, you know a little bit more maybe. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he won't be there for you. From Chandler to Gondler, Matthew Perry, gone. Oh, I tell you what, it feels like we've lost a friend. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. I don't but, know, is, is it just me when it's people of your own generation? It does hit you a bit more, doesn't it? It does feel odd when it's somebody yeah. your age. Um, it does, definitely. He was obviously so. a, a, a nice fella, but a troubled soul, by the, mm. I think he's probably about the, uh, the summary of it, isn't it? Yeah. Because you said you saw a play, didn't you, Mark? That he wrote. Yeah, yeah. There was a. He wrote a play called *The Sense of Longing*, and I went to see it with Sarah in uh, um, London's West End. It was one of the best things I've ever seen, actually. Like, 
and I've had to sit through some stuff in my life, like Les Mis and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it was like a really good story. It's clearly about himself to some degree and how he struggled with relationships and alcohol and stuff like this. He, the whole premise was around him being a, uh, I think he was a, a successful actor or something like that and, and had a drink problem and all his friends were asking, like, encouraging him to give up the drinking the drugs and like get himself a relationship and grow up a bit sort of thing and it was really moving and uh yeah really enjoyed it it didn't uh in fact there were two things that i sort of took away from the play one that like it, it clearly could write a good story and, mm. and and that was really good and the other one it was this like fat American bloke in front of me bought a ticket and slept through it in its entirety. No, he must have been twenty foot like you know in like in the uh, I think it was in the Lyceum or something like these really old fashioned theatres in London, where it's a bit like a Ryanair flight. You've got a you don't get a lot of leg room. He he was about the same height as me and he was a good eight or nine stone heavier than me. So it was like flipping, pushing it like 24 stone. It was a big fella, clearly really rich. He's had a, had a trophy wife, if you're allowed to say that such a thing these days on his arm. So he's so the woman he was with clearly wanted to go and see the, see Matthew Perry. He just settled into his sl- seat and slept all the way through it. Occasionally, wow. occasionally snoring. I thought the nerve of the man. Disrespectful, that in it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, but uh, yeah, the the reviews for the the reviews for the the show were like six out of ten. It was like they didn't quite. I don't think he could. The press reviews that I read about it, they couldn't really escape the idea that he could be something other than the person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess was really part of the play in the first place wasn't it that yeah was, yeah that was the point of it yeah and i think he's i think he has like troubled man and to, he did like that the whole nine yards that was another one of his films. yeah it was yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was quite good as well like i don't think he did anything bad did he, he just no no not at all I, I think all of them had a bit of an issue in terms of coming out of something so massive to then, and I think the two who've probably managed to reinvent themselves the best are David Swimmer yeah. and um, uh, uh, what's her name? Brain's Aniston. gone. Thank you, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Um, uh, who, who went on and did really different things really, really early on to snap away from that. Whereas uh, Matt LeBlanc went straight into a friend's spin off called Joey that ran for about two <laughs> series. And then just died. And then, of course, then he's pretty much dead in the water, anyway. Although he's been in a couple yeah. of things, hasn't he, since then? But, but yeah. But in terms of super superstar success, you would say Schwimmer and Aniston have, have run away with it. Yeah, you could you could see how the spin-off series Joey was never going to be a no. I mean, did he learn nothing from Tucker's luck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, so sad story. And, sad story to uh, end on, and, and 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 we're not asking what kind of ghost he'd make. No, no pretty probably. obvious though, isn't it? 
<laughs> It'd make a friendly ghost. It'd be a friendly ghost, obviously. It'd be a friendly ghost, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's the recently gone's gone. Oh, it's yeah. It seems shorter this month, but obviously last month we had two two months worth, didn't we, to go at? So yeah, we did, uh, we did, we did. Yeah. But uh, but but still 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 a good yield. Yeah. Yeah. So so that there's been there's been a few. It's not been as productive in the unusual. Um, passings um that have happened in october over over the years um there was uh a a very obvious one october the 14th 1066 um (laughs) (laughs) and all that (laughs) yes uh king king harold the second of course um died at the battle of hastings uh, and uh, so thus ended the anglo-saxon era um, as uh, Anglo-Saxons gone um, on October the 4th, 14th, 1066. Um, there was a chap called Eugène Lefebvre, who was a French aviator. And he was the first person to uh, to be killed in a powered aeroplane crash um, in 1910. Uh, and he was testing a, a monoplane and it took a nosedive that he wasn't expecting. So, um, so he, he went into the record books for uh, the worst of reasons there. Um, Just coming back to your 1066. Yeah. I was always fascinated at school about how King Harold died because he's depicted on the Bayeux tapestry as getting it straight in the eye. Yeah. I don't Is think that, that really, I don't think that really happened. No, I don't think no. it did. I think it's just a, um, it's just a, a bit of a myth that, uh, that happened it's happened. i don't know if it's just because it looks like that's what's happened to to somebody in the bio tapestry but um i don't think that's the uh, the full story i'm sure Stu's going to look this up as we're as yeah. we're talking well, what resonates with me in the bio tapestry is that arrow is precisely how i would draw an arrow <laughs> <laughs> There are some dodgy uh, um, characters in the in the tapestry, aren't they? I mean, they're not they're not that well crafted. I know it was a long time ago and everything. Yeah. And to be fair, it's not really a tapestry, is it? It's just like a um, no. bit of cross stitching. It's, no, it's, uh, it's more like a knitted depiction. There's, of there's one here from three kids. <laughs> like yeah. There, there's one here from aspects of history that says. Did Harold really take one in the eye? <laughs> <laughs> Possible title. Uh, hang on. Uh, but apparently it's not true. Yeah, apparently it isn't true. I um, knew it. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, let's have a look here. Oh, man. I can't, I can't go on a newspaper one because loads of adverts are going to play. Oh. Um, so let, let me look at Wiki. Hang on a second. Apparently, though... Um, the archers uh, had been drinking before the battle and Harold wasn't impressed and he told one of his lieutenants that they were going to have someone's eye out with those arrows. <laughs> if they weren't careful. Etc. Etc. Et um, <clears throat> but uh, no, I didn't uh, I didn't think it was a true. I thought it was one of those myths that had um, just... Maybe uh, it was the uh, maybe it was the people who did the tapestry who'd been drinking 
Well, well, here we go. Here we go. Apparently, the arrow on the king competition got out of hand. Apparently, according to the to the Bishop of Amiens, uh, Harold was lanced and his body dismembered by four knights. That uh, seems seems more likely. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it? Uh, uh, um, da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, but others say that he died to a, an arrow to the head, but not the eye. And then, for some reason, the tapestry did him in the eye. Well, we're probably That's never going to get to the bottom of it now, are we? No. Not without um, uh, some kind of TV detective uh, cold case thriller. It is. It is ripe for that scenario, actually, isn't it? Yeah, Harold Godwinson was his name. Mm. If it was Hitler, there'd be a show about this on tonight. Oh, it'd be on Discovery, wouldn't it? <laughs> After fact, the Harold, shark program. In fact, Harold Godwinson sounds like a, an old Coronation Street character, <laughs> like mates with Albert Tatlock or yeah, something. Yeah, he was definitely mates with, uh, or, or Percy Sugden, definitely. Um, he would have been, no, he'd have been his love rival with, uh, <laughs> oh, I've forgotten her name now. Who used to talk like that? Oh, Phyllis, was that was it. Yeah, Phyllis. see, that's how long ago I used to watch it. Um, Mercy love. Yeah. Yeah. So here's here's one. Um, you know, uh, if I say the name Alain Robert, does that mean anything to you? Yeah. Uh, no. Je regret. No, I just keep thinking of Lauren Robert. Uh, uh, Al- <laughs> yeah. Alain Robert is the guy who climbs skyscrapers. Okay. You know, the the guy, he just climbs up them with no ropes or anything. All right. Um, And uh, apparently in 2010, his dad, Gilbert, died falling from an apartment building in Paris whilst cleaning windows. Wow. Yeah. I thought there was an ironic twist in that one. So it's George Formby's fault. (laughs) <laughs> that's right yeah. it's a logical way to l- earn a living though isn't it if you're good at climbing up things yeah oh, it would be yeah yeah so, although but... although if do you would you want robin ask with shimmering up your drain pipe with a shabby in his pocket uh, well it wouldn't be in his pocket it'd be in his ass cheeks wouldn't it or something he's <laughs> never got trousers on when he was climbing up a bit outside of a building it oh, was being chased by an angry husband normally wasn't he if he yeah. was hanging out of a window uh, if it's a bizarre it might to be a clammy clammy leather in it uh, <laughs> we got, i'm just looking at Al- alain robert he's a belty niggy pop he is yes he looks yes. like iggy pop he does yeah mm-hmm. all right and his dad died for all right okay apparently um but there we go um and then there's but there's one quite um spectacular and oh, i say spectacular it's quite an interesting one 1926 october the 31st harry houdini Ooh, how yes. did he die well he he died um from a ruptured appendix which they think was caused by a punch to the stomach that um there was a sort of um story around him that he could take pretty much any kind of punch to the stomach um and someone did it to him but he he'd broken his ankle so he couldn't stand up and brace himself properly so this person came and just and just punched him and he he wasn't ready for it um 
anyway, he started to uh, to get ill, carried on performing and whatever. And then um, it was like a, a day or two later, he he died. But there's a there's a but coming with Harry Houdini because um, after a while he used he used to use his his skills as a magician to um, to debunk psychics and mediums of the day. Um, and he used to, you know, he used to out them as being charlatans. Um, and he offered a cash prize to anyone who could prove that they spoke to the dead. And nobody ever collected the prize because they could never do it. And he, he agreed with his wife that if it was possible, he would come back and tell her a secret code word that they'd agreed. Um, just to let her know that there was a there was an afterlife. And then after he died, a uh, a medium told his wife the code Ooh. i know Ooh. she she had a seance every year after uh, on the anniversary of his death every year to uh to try and contact him um and he told her the code and she was very um impressed and it was like big news at the time and then someone pointed out to her that the the way the code would act, was actually included in a book that had been released the previous year. Oh. <laughs> and the person who was doing it, again, was a charlatan. Um, Preying so, on the vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so it all became, another big story. It was the, the Houdini code is a hoax. Um, and she carried on for a few years after that with the, with the seances, but then eventually gave up and said that 10 years is long enough for any woman to wait for a man and so it all ended there so harry houdini gone great story never come back what a great story yeah it's all almost fascinating almost fascinating that harold houdini would go around debunking other charlatans when i suspect himself he wasn't really undoing a hundred locks in a suit to to get it off he was just Add a well, little you, you say that for, for people obviously everyone's everyone's listening to this on a podcast i don't know what value the whistle gave and me <laughs> trying to take off the a belted suit <laughs> but that's but what i was doing you, so, you uh, say that but in uh in 1900 he was um he was doing a performance in germany and the german police summoned him because they thought he was a fake and he had to strip naked and perform an escape routine in front of 300 policemen. Um, and he was restrained really tightly with thumb screws and uh, finger locks and all different types of elbow irons and uh, handcuffs and whatever. And he escaped in six minutes. Wow. Wow. So, what was his skill then? Like, Well, he, he was a magician, but his, his real the, the thing he became famous for was as an escape artist, escapologist. Yeah. Um, so uh, he he'd got he'd got all the skills, but he just he sort of became famous for uh, for escaping from things, and um, and then say so turned turned it onto uh, debunking charlatan psychics and mediums. So all round good egg, I think, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Didn't uh, James Randi do something similar? Yeah. In terms of debunking. Yeah. 
Well, James yeah. Randi carried on. He had a prize. Um, yeah. it, it went up to like a million pounds, a million dollars for anybody who could prove. It wasn't just talking, you know, talking to the dead. It was anything yeah. uh, of that nature. So being able to bend metal with your mind and all that kind of thing. Um, and it was never, ever, uh, it was never, ever claimed. As soon as they were put under uh, um, conditions that they could monitor everything, it, it, they always, they folded like a cheap suit. <laughs> as they say brilliant so there you go that's very halloweeny good, good yeah, stuff yeah that was an actual halloween gone that was so. brilliant that was really interesting thank you who doesn't love a story about houdini yeah. who is your favorite harry at the minute winks i oh, bet yeah, it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah who's your, yeah you can't have there's too many harry footballers on there yeah, there are these days, yeah. And I knew, like we're all like, although no one's likely to say red nap anytime soon, but no, Seacum, Prince Worth. Harry, Worth, Harry Worth, Harry Worth, yeah, um, Harry Potter, uh, yeah, yeah, one of the greats, one of the great, the great Harrys, Harry Styles. Yeah, I don't feel like you, I know enough no about thumb, Harry Styles. No big thumbs up there. <laughs> Uh, I feel like we're missing a really good Harry. There's a real good Harry somewhere, isn't there, that we're not thinking of? Maybe, like, let's let's think about a Harold. I've put everyone on the spot here, that's the trouble. You wow. really have. King Harold, Harold obviously. Harold Fultimer. Harold Goodwinson. <laughs> yeah. uh, Harold, Harold Pinter. Wasn't there a Harold in... Uh... Harry Kane. Yeah. Wasn't there a Harold in Brookside? Harold Steptoe. Harold Steptoe. Oh, yeah. Hurry up, Harry. Come on. <laughs> Harry Hill. Harry, Harry Connick Hill. Jr. Harry yeah, Connick Jr. One. I think the fact that we can't instantly say my favourite Harry is. Yeah. No, I think, I think I'd go for Harry Hill. <laughs> Harold yeah. Lloyd. Harold Lloyd. Oh, yes. that's a good, good one, yeah. Yeah, I think that's solid. Uh, well, I'm with Harry Shearer. I'm going to stick with Harold Lloyd. Yeah. 